G'day, this is an abridged version of the episode that you can hear in full by signing up at uncomfortableconversations.substack.com slash subscribe. Enjoy the freebie. G'day, humans. Welcome to the Safe Space for Dangerous Ideas. Russell Brand, one of the funniest, most unpredictable, most unexpected, fast-thinking guests I've ever spoken with. This is... Uh, you could really divide Josh Zepps's uh, short, uh, exciting life into before the interview that you're about to hear and after the interview that you're about to hear. The year was 2013. The television show that I was doing in New York City was going gangbusters. The bookers were booking the biggest stars on the planet. And uh, Russell Brand was on a promotional tour. What I didn't know at the time, this was for his, uh, his world tour of a new one-man show called The Messiah Complex. What I didn't know was that he'd just come off, I think it was the same day, the set of the popular morning show Morning Joe on MSNBC, where he had completely annihilated and intimidated and devastated Mika Brzezinski, the host. Joe Scarborough, the co-host, was off that day. Uh, and it was Mika, Caddy Kay, and Brian Schachtman. And Russell Brand uh, showed up with the, wearing his necklaces and baubles, his open neck shirt, his chest hair protruding, his gigantic cowboy boots. Mika Brzezinski had no idea who he was did a reasonably condescending introduction, saying as much, and he sat there, pensively, contemplatively, copping it, looking down, obviously, on these boobish American talk show hosts as they talked about him uh, right in front of him, sort of snidely demeaned him. They were talking about Bradley Manning and Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Then they regarded him as being this light pop culture interlude on the show. And when Russell Brand wants to bring you down, Russell Brand will bring you down with a smile and a quip. It's unfortunate that you can't hear in the clip I'm about to show you, that you can't see, rather, what Mika Brzezinski's posture is like as her face becomes ashen and she physically moves away from him towards the other end of the desk, flustered, uh, seemingly erotically charged, uh, flushed, uh, and speechless, ultimately. Uh, before this clip begins, Brian Shackman, who's there as a kind of interlo a jo a jocular interlocutor with Caddy Kay across the desk from Mika, has been saying that he cannot understand Russell Brand's accent when he listens to Russell uh, on the radio. He can't understand a word he's saying. And uh, they misname him at one point in this interview. They call him Willie Brand instead of, instead of Russell Brand. I don't know if that's a gag that I'm not getting or, or what. Anyway, have a listen to a, a few minutes of how this uh, interview went in order to understand the mindset of Russell Brand when he walked onto my set. Here he is on Morning Joe. I think I'm just my, this is my first, um, brand experience. Brand, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's not listening to him, it's, ex it's experience. It's just sort of taking it all in. You are talking about me as if I'm, I'm not here and as if I'm an extraterrestrial. 
You know I'm from a country that's near to you. Window dummy. We're just sort of admiring the whole, you know, it's the whole thing. Isn't well, it? thank you for it's your like casual objectification. It's an experience. I'm glad it's that it's positive for it's you. It's very positive, absolutely. Any more? Any other questions? Kathy? <laughs> I'm a nervous. You've become nervous. I am. Why are you nervous? Really? No, I'm You're a powerful the... woman. You've got oh, a lovely yes. job. What seems to be the trouble? I don't know. You've got hair like Princess Diana. Oh wow. Okay. Well, I've never when seen she was alive. No, wasn't being offensive. Here's a little subtext. Yes. I'm petrified of her, and you oh, have her on yeah. her heels. And she's just moved down the I other end of the table. I absolutely love this. Keep, keep, Willie, keep what's going. The, okay. What seems to be the trouble, love? No, I'm good. I'm, I'm, we're now going to do a bit of therapy. I'm would good. you do therapy with Willie Brandt? With who? Willie Brandt. Would you do therapy with him? Um, no. I don't Because that's where he's heading. Okay. I'm all right. Yeah. You shouldn't say he when a person is present. You should refer to the person by the name. That's basic good manners. That is where Willie is yeah. heading. Who is Willie? I don't know. Okay, Russell Brand. This is this what you all do for a living? Yes. Okay, yes. but I'm, I'm here a professional. to. Okay, well, let me help you. I'm here to Russell. promote a tour called Messiah Complex. It's here okay. for the people of America. I want the people of America to come and see me do stand up. Go to russellbrand.tv where you can uh, purchase tickets to see me. These people, I'm sure, are typically very, very good at their job. What is it? You, you're conveying news to the people of America. Yes. People of America, you're, we're going to be okay. Everything's all right. These are your trusted anchors. Is that a news link? Give us your papers. I'll shuffle them for you. Shuffle. Yeah. Give us that. That's good. Pen. You need a pen. Okay. Uh, coming up later. Thank you very much, Cat. Okay. We're going to be uh, talking about the uh, the talk, uh, situation with Edward Snowden. This whistleblower. Is it good what he's done for America, or, or are our secrets being jeopardised by his intentions? We're going to be talking about that. Also, Bradley Manning. Do you, is Bradley Manning an American hero, or is he compromising the safety of American troops? We care about your views here on Morning Joe. We'll be talking about those later. Here with me are Brian and Cat. Brian, nice time. What do you think about uh, Edward Snowden? What do you think about the, the situation with Snowden? Do we, uh, have you got anything to hide? Should we be concerned about he, the revelations that are occurring? I don't know what's wrong with you. I understand everything he's no, saying. Because you're looking at him. When you don't no. see him and you don't see the lips. I understand the, the whole thing. Stop he's saying good. he. I'm Russell. present. Russell. 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 What's wrong you're with your manners? Russell. You're good. Be polite. I'm coming in tomorrow with a big necklace, and I'm opening. Look up. beyond no, the superficial. That's no. the problem with current affairs. You, you forget about what's important. You allow the agenda to be decided by superficial information. What am I saying? What am I talking about? Don't think about what I'm wearing. These things are redundant, I'm superficial. Okay. Don't well, be that's... distracted. What do you think that gesture means? The way you're touching that bowl. What does that indicate? <laughs> what is that? What's the subtext of that? I think we gotta go to break. You need to lose that ring, Mika, because it don't mean nothing to you. <laughs> She's grasping I, for the shaft. She's a shaft grasper. <laughs> Russell. So that was Russell Brand's uh, most recent television appearance when he showed up at my studio to do a full half hour interview with me. Now, I, I wish you could see what happens in this interview. Suffice it to say that at one point he unbuttons my shirt and tweaks my nipples. At another point, he pours his mug of water all over my laptop computer, uh, much to the subsequent chagrin of the IT people uh, who were working on the show who had to replace my broken laptop. But it was one of those interviews where I was reasonably new at this, uh, and I realized a few minutes in, okay, well, either I'm going to get on to this bucking Bronto and I'm going to ride this ride, uh, or I'm going to get steamrolled and flattened, and it's going to be the most humiliating thing uh, of, of my life. This was an interview that got a lot of traction in the United States and was one of probably only two or three uh, interviews, segments, shows that I ever did 
that really sort of punctured the cultural zeitgeist and got me noticed among the likes of, uh, of Joe Rogan and so on. I hope you enjoy this uh, adventure with the one, the only, Russell Brown. He's one of the biggest British comics in the world, one of the few who've successfully made the leap to stateside superstardom, thanks to films like Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Get Him to the Greek. He's now embarking on his first world stand-up tour. He's one of the most innovative and hirsute, I would say, of English comics. Russell Brand is here. Russell, the tour, your first global tour, I was a little surprised to learn, because I feel like you've been at the top of the stand-up scene for so long. I feel like you must have done one before. I've done lots of tours, but I've never gone out of my way to do an entire global tour of mm. the globe. You're going to Iceland, you're going yeah. to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, Iceland, Israel, Palestine, South Africa, all over Europe, this country that we're in now, which is called America. Yeah, it is. Or the United States of America, to be correct. You could call it a number of things, USA. USA. I mean, these kind of labels, ultimately, are transitory. I mean, it'll probably have another name in 100 years. Why doesn't the world come together all as one? All people as one would people. be nice, wouldn't it? I've read your book. Uh, <laughs> the Messiah Complex. Why would a man as bashful and unassuming as you select a name so self-aggrandising and grandiose, Russell Brand? You like to use uh, understated irony as part of your technique. Pre-written, of course. Yes. Pre-written pre pre by me, though. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Pre-composed pre irony. Yeah. So uh, the question is, why is it called Messiah Complex? Yeah. Well, really, because it's a, a, it's a nice linguistic pun, Messiah Complex. It's a disorder where people think that they are the Messiah. But what I'm talking about in this show is messianic figures or figures that have qualities and attributes that can advance humanity. I talk about Malcolm X, Che Guevara, Gandhi and Jesus Christ. All those four figures have been posthum posthumously redesignated in their meanings. What do icons mean? What did people represent in their lifetimes? How do we use meaning? What is the function of icons and heroes? Who's These are some of the questions that I'm asking and then answering in a sort of essay, a comedic essay. All in an hour and a half. Well, I mean, obviously, it's not a historical document. Like, it, like if you're sort of like a serious scholar <laughs> it would of take a uh, long civil time. rights, yes. you might go, I don't think he covered uh, all of uh, black American history correctly. Who, were your, who are your icons? Those people, Those guys. actually. That's, yep. why, yeah, that's why I chose them. Obviously, there's others as well. Francis Assisi is good. Bill Hicks is good. Yes. Then, like, George Best. Mm. You know, so like, you know, lots of different people, but like, those are the ones I thought would be good for this show. And how, when you write a show like that, since you're doing it in all these di dis disparate places, how do you do shtick that's going to work in Palestine as well as it works Try in Iceland? Try to avoid shtick for a start, because shtick <laughs> <it> implies derivative, <laughs> lazy, preconceived, pre-written, uh, subpar <laughs> irony, for example, would fall into the shtick category. No, what I'll be doing is spontaneous work, but, uh, but also uh, considered... Uh, you know, like, I mean, there are certain themes that's universal, ain't there, mate? Certain ideas. I mean, that's the function of a hero. That's, you know, like Joseph Campbell, mm -hmm. the, the mythologist myth, yeah. and anthropologist, where he identifies that certain stories, narratives, occur throughout the mythologies of different countries of the world, that the hero has certain credentials and criteria that uniformly appear. And that, my argument is that these four characters have many of those attributes. So it's like, by that logic, it don't matter if you're performing in Abu Dhabi or Iceland or here, you're going to find human traits that are provoked and engaged by those facets. Are you, what do you think of the way the world is at? I mean, since we're talking so philosophically about coming together and having the power of myth that brings us all together, are you upset at the level of divisiveness that exists in the world? I don't know about upset, Josh. 
I mean, it's, uh, you know, no, I'm not upset. I feel very, very optimistic about humanity. Things are changing. Things are going in a positive direction. People, I think, are evolving and becoming more and more enlightened. This is a wonderful time to be alive. I feel very, very positive. Mm. Of course, there are things that we have to be uh, considerate of and aware of, but I'm not a person that worries too much about that stuff. That's good. What about you? How do you feel about it, mate? I feel mildly... I feel worried. I'm obviously an optimist in the long run. Right. But I feel mildly pessimistic in the short run. What are you worried about, mate? A bit worried that our culture is becoming more coarse, that our political discourse is getting more dysfunctional, mm. that it's getting harder to bring people together, harder to get things done, harder to compromise on what really matters to us as people. Yes. There are kind of institutional obstructions that make it that that, that incentivise us to be bad and self-interested and don't incentivise. I agree us to be with absolutely everything that you said. Absolutely everything you said is true. But as Yogananda said, it don't matter if a cave has been in darkness for ten thousand years. Once the light comes, the light comes. And as you said yourself, these are institutions. That means they're fabricated. Mm. They have to fabricate that mentality because our natural inclination is towards communion. Mm. and towards compassion. Now, you can also say, like, you know, like a social Darwinism. People say, no, no, human beings are very, very selfish. Well, maybe if these are the attributes that are elevated, escalated, rewarded and stimulated, we live in a culture that likes to stimulate our fear, that likes to promote desire through uh, sexuality. There's barely a product advertiser that doesn't use some gorgeous legs or boobies somewhere in it. So because these are the characteristics that are encouraged, these are the, the characteristics that prevail in our culture. But ultimately, it is our culture, and we can decide to change it, Josh, whenever we want to. That's why they have to have a domestic army. That's why they have to have a domestic police force. That's why the media has to be so stringently controlled. That's why debate has to be stifled and contained within a small area because it can change at any moment. It's just a change. It's just a moment. Mm. Well said. That's why the optimism, mate. I like it. I mean, speaking of sexuality, speaking of the way that we interact with sexuality, that's always been an important part of who you are. And everyone. Yeah. I mean, who would like this? Well, you're just more oh, open I'm about interested it. interested in sexuality. <laughs> uh, I know a few Republican conservatives who'd say that. I bet they're perverts. Yeah, they probably are. Of course they are. Yeah, that's why the ones they're saying it. Yeah, of course they're People shouldn't be having dead in a, Yeah, they're dead in a hotel room. Of course uh, they are. Yeah, also asphyxiation of, of some kind. Yeah, yeah. that's right. They've got their sexuality.